When was the last time you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ at your workplace? Well, I want to welcome you to Creation Radio and TV. I'm your host, Mike Riddle, the founder and president of Creation Training Initiative. And today's topic is how to share the gospel at the office. And with me today is Dr. Anthony Silvestro from Ohio. I want to welcome you to the program today. Thank you for having me on. Now, you, you're a dentist, and you've done a lot of sharing the gospel at the office. I have. I'd like to start with, how did you become a Christian? If people want to know that, and what's your background in Christianity, and how did you get so bold as to share the gospel? Well, that's a great question. You know, I grew up Catholic, and we consider ourselves good Catholics because we went to church three times a year, not just twice. So we okay. went to Christmas, Easter, and Palm Sunday. Um, but there was no conviction. There was, there was nothing. Um, and it wasn't until, until years later where I had a conviction of sin. You know, it's not just in some Catholic, Catholic church. It's in a lot of Protestant church. We don't have a lot of conviction. We don't even hear the gospel many times either. Absolutely. And so I was actually going to a Christian church for a couple of years um, where I had met my uh, future wife. And it wasn't until uh, probably a year went by that I finally got convicted by sin. And, uh, and that's what started it. Did anybody ever witness to you? No. Nobody ever witnessed to you? Just, Not correctly. Just the Holy Spirit convicted you? Yeah, it wasn't correctly. It was the Holy Spirit that convicted me. And uh, shortly thereafter, I had somebody that handed me a CD, Hell's Best Kept Secret, from Ray Comfort. Oh, my. See, tracks do make a difference, whether they're CD or, or a little booklet. They can make differences, can't they? Absolutely. And, and uh, that, is, that is what convicted me and, and what made me so bold. Because I had been going to church all these years and thought that I was a good person and that was going to get me into heaven. And I thought that going to the Christian church was also going to get me to heaven. And it wasn't until I heard that CD for the first time that I was on my knees. There's many people like that out there today that think what they're doing is going to get them to heaven. And they're going to come across a very rude awakening if they don't repent and rely on Jesus Christ and Him alone for their salvation. Now, I think you have, do you actually have resources at your office? Let me put it this way. Do you have Christian resources at your office? <laughs> Absolutely. Wouldn't that turn people off? Well, so there's a story with all this. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so about six years, almost seven years ago now, my wife came to me on a Friday and said, Honey, I think we're going to start to put up some Christian pictures in the office and, and some gospel messages. And I go, Oh, you can't do that. We're going to lose patience. You can't do that. And uh, that conviction came to me pretty quickly. And uh, so I, I slept on it that night, prayed about it, and I, and I told Julie the next day that... Uh, you know what, I think I'm ready. I think we, we need to do this. Now, she was going to do it anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she, she allowed me to think about it for a day. And, uh, and, and I said, Lord, I don't care the cost. We're going to do this. And, uh, and we did. So we, that weekend, we went in and we started hanging some pictures from our house into our office that had, had uh, Christian messages and, you know, scripture verses on them. And first thing Monday morning, first patient that walked in said, I can't believe you're trying to push this on us. I'm never coming back here again. First patient of the day. And, uh, you know, your heart sinks, but then at the same point, thank you, Lord. That's right. 
We're, we're told to be bold, and we're told to go out there, and one of our commands is the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach and spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, not just hide it. Now, you own your business. Correct. So that's a little bit different story. Sometimes when you work under somebody else, they have a little more jurisdiction. When I was at Microsoft, I had some posters up in my office, probably my own office there. One was on the sanctity of human life, and I was told to take that down because it was offensive. Wow. So the, when you work for yourself, you have a little more leeway. Now, what kind of resources do you actually have in your office? So obviously, hell's best kept secret. Okay. And I, I buy that by the hundreds from Living Waters. And uh, so we keep that in our, in our waiting room. What's interesting is when we built our new office a, a few years ago, and on our wall, we have two bookshelves that we just, we're gonna promote products and different things. And, and shortly after they were built, before we actually moved into it, I'm like, Julie, these are great for gospel tracks. And so now the, the shelves are, are not littered, but they're full of Hell's Best Kept Secret. We carry um, Todd Friel's uh, DVD, The um, Biggest Question Why. We have lots of great gospel tracks sitting on there and, uh, and free books for people to take. Now, I have to ask this. Does it make them feel more comfortable before they go sit in that chair? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of them, yes. <laughs> okay. But uh, they, just, they can just pick the tracks up and take them with them. They can, although usually we're the ones encouraging them yeah, in, okay. in, in, to take them. So a lot of people will see them, and even though there's a sign that says free, I, I, don't, think, I, I don't think people know to go up and just take them. Some people will ask and some people will take them, but it's usually us generating conversations in the back of our office and then handing them the CD or DVD afterwards. Now, what percentage of people you think, uh, or from your office, not what you think, but you get to see this, uh, actually encourage you to keep these? Or thank you for it. I would say that um, it's probably less than half that do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, a lot of professing Christians will look at it and, and think that we are being too pushy with it. And of course, it generates conversations as to, well, why do you think this? Aren't we supposed to be spreading the gospel at whatever cost? And, um, and so th those always bring up interesting conversations. I think that the people that appreciate the most, though, are the people that come in because we have patients who know that we're Christian. And we have patients who maybe don't receive the message as well for a couple years um, from hearing them or they just, you know, they, there's no conviction. And the next thing you know, Julie will get a phone call. So my wife, Julie, actually runs our office. And so she's in the front. I'm in the back. Uh, Christian message everywhere. And uh, she'll get phone calls from a patient who says, you know, I know you guys are Christians. and I'm going through a really hard time right now. And it gives her the opportunity now to share the gospel. So, so that's where we see the real benefit is for people who know that there's a safe place and know that we have answers. Yes. You know, that, the idea that some of these Christians think you're being too pushy, I wonder if they've read the Bible. Because in the Bible, the apostles were told and beaten for preaching the gospel. And they were told not to do that anymore. What did they do? They went back and called it, counted it all joy and kept preaching it more. We need to follow what the Bible tells us, not what man tells us. So I want to thank you for being bold out there and sharing the gospel. People might not even hear it in their own churches. That's right. Well, I think that's the scary part is that when we talk to professing Christians, I, I usually will ask very gently, well, what is the gospel message? And I can tell you that a very small percentage, is, a very small percentage of people can actually articulate it well to me. Yeah, that points to a lack of teaching in our churches, doesn't it? It does. And even in many of our youth groups, we have a lack of teaching. Now, 
I got to ask you this. When do you bring this topic up? If you don't know whether they're Christian or not, when they're sitting in the chair, when do you bring it up? When their mouth is full and they can't talk back? <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you can watch their eyes roll. You can watch your eyes roll, right? <laughs> um, you know, it, it's funny because some people you start asking questions to and they, they can't talk back and, uh, and then they get the opportunity a few minutes later. But um, one thing we've learned to do is always find that springboard. And so one of the best questions for me to ask anyway is to be able to say, so what are you doing this weekend? Because no matter what they answer to you, they will always ask the question back, so what are you doing? And I always have the response, well, I'll be going to church on Sunday. And then it allows me to ask, so where do you go to church at? Do you even, do you go to church? And, um, it, and it's a very non-confrontational way of being able to bring up the subject and then being able to share Jesus Christ with them. This is what's called being an evangelist. And we're all called to be evangelists, not just hide it. It's not a personal thing. We're told to go out there and tell everybody about this. Uh, do you have any uh, really bad reactions or very, what are some of the extreme reactions you might have from people? You know, I think the most extreme reaction I had from somebody is, um, is somebody who, well, actually he and his wife are retired teachers. And um, while nobody is, is rude about this, they probably gave me the hardest time about it because uh, they were talking about creationism shouldn't be taught in schools. And I said, well, you know, I actually teach on creation at area churches and, and youth groups. And, and uh, you know, so then you get in the conversation as to evolutions of faith as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, let's add to that. Do you actually have any creation materials in your office? Absolutely. I carry Ray Comfort's Evolution versus God, and then I speak on creation all the time to patients. Um, I love bringing up the fact that, uh, do you actually think we came from something like a monkey? Or were we designed? And it, it, that opens up a lot of opportunities to speak. Now, you do a lot of speaking. I've watched you, kept track of some of the places you've been. Where, give me some places you've actually spoken in the last year, because you're getting to do an awful lot of this. I am. I've had opportunities, and it, a lot of it's just through local churches and, and the youth groups. And uh, that's been just a, what a blessing now, it is. Get, tell us where you live. So people want to invite you to their church, or they'd like to come to your office and, <laughs> and get part of your, be part of your dental practice there and let you work on their teeth. Where do you work, and where do you live? So we're actually in a, in a suburb of Cleveland. We actually live in North Royalton, okay. and uh, we practice there. about 15 minutes away in Middleburg Heights, which is right by the airport. And what's the name of your practice? It's Sylvester Family Dental. Okay, very good. And your wife runs the office and tells you what to do. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. You just do the dentistry. <laughs> I do the dentistry, and I do the talking. Now, how long have you been in dentistry? I don't feel like I'm this old yet, <laughs> but I've been almost 12 years now. 12 years, okay. Yeah, I've owned the practice for almost 11. Okay, so now you're starting to split some of your time with dentistry and teaching on biblical creation and the gospel. That's correct. Now, here, here's another piece that we have to touch. What about the legal aspects of talking about the gospel in your business? You know, it's a great question. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there on this. The thing that so far we still have is freedom of religion, freedom to be able to talk about it. And from an employee's perspective, they can speak about whatever religion they want to talk about as long as they are still doing their work to the right. fullest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that that only applies for employees. It actually applies to employers as well. We have every opportunity to, to preach and share the gospel. And we do that freely in our office. Mm -hmm. And so we do not discriminate in who we hire. 
but we also make very well known to anybody that comes in as an applicant for a job that we are Christian. We share the gospel constantly in our office. We have Christian um, scripture verses everywhere in our office, and we give out tracts all the time in our office. That's the entire, that's the environment we have here. And what I also find interesting with, with um, some of the, the legal aspects is that you can actually have employer-to-employee conversations about religion. There's nothing illegal about that as long as, again, you don't discriminate against them. You can't fire them over being um, Islam. Only universities can do that with Christian professors. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yes. So legally, there's no problem with sharing it, provided, again, it does not interfere with what you're supposed to be doing on your job. Correct. Yeah, I used to do that at Microsoft during lunchtime. I'd sit with a couple of the employees there, and I'd start asking them questions. I'd ask them the right questions until they brought the topic up. <laughs> and one of my favorite yeah. ones was dinosaurs. <laughs> and then we'd just go right into, when did dinosaurs live? Where did they come from? And they'd never thought about things like that. Now it's even better. Did you know we're finding red blood cells and proteins in dinosaur bones? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so we can bring those things up because we actually have all the science on our side, don't we? We do. Was, the science does not support evolutionism at all. Mm -mm. And that's what Christians need to understand. The sad part is we have a lot of our Christian leaders out there buying into evolutionism. And they buy into it by believing billions of years and don't even understand how the dating processes really work. And these dating processes are not accurate. Isn't that a shame how we buy into the man's world wisdom rather yes. than ours? Absolutely. We have... Our office is unique because we are 15 minutes away from a NASA research center outside of Cleveland. And so we have a number of patients who are scientists. And boy, I love to bring up conversations with them because you'll find that even the most adept of scientists have not a shred of good evidence for evolution. And they're shocked when you start talking to them about yes, it. Yes, when you take that first statement there and put them on off guard that evolution has no evidence, it all supports creation, they don't know how to respond a lot of times. That cause them to stop and think. And when they start thinking, they're in trouble because they really can't find any real evidence. Uh, for NASA, here's a question you need to ask them. Have you found any life out there yet? <laughs> <laughs> no. How long are you going to continue to look? <laughs> but here, here's some of the things. We've talked a little bit about creation. Anything specific come up? What are kind of the arguments they might use? if that topic comes up. It's the same old generic argument. Well, there's thousands of pieces of evidence out there. Yes. And I'll just say, well, can you name one for me? Yes. <laughs> and they can't. What's so interesting is that, I'm sure you find this when you go out and speak the same way I do, is that people bring up all kinds of terms like adaptation and natural selection, and they don't understand no, what that don't. even means. No. I like to ask them, what is natural selection and how does it work? I find people cannot answer that question. They've just taken it for granted that it's, it is evolution, but it is not, is it? Because it never all. adds anything new. That's so, right. Now, what are some other doctrines that might come up? Because uh, there's so many different things taught in churches today, and so many things, these things don't even support the Bible. So what other kind of things might come up, like, does hell exist? Who is God? Can I work my way to heaven? So what kind of things do you have to uh, listen to there? Yeah, well, the, the most common objection I get is, are you sure Jesus is the only way? And this is among a lot of professing Christians. And, and I get it. I get the emotional aspect of it when you have family members like I do who aren't saved. Yes. And it's hard to reconcile the fact that if they got hit by a bus that night, that their family member would be in hell. 
and it's very real. And so that's a question that I'll, I'll get asked a lot, and, and I have to gently walk them through Scripture and talk to them about that. Um, when we talk about Jesus Christ, there are so many verses that tell us He is the only way. He is the propitiation for our sins. And, and I ask people in this postmodern culture that we live in, where your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, we can both be right. And I say, when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father but through me. Or you're either with me or you're against me. Those are two diametrically opposing worldviews. And you can't be on both sides of the fence on this one. Right. Opposites both can't be true, can they? Not at all. And a lot of people have not thought that through. They, they just don't consider it. Now, let, I'd like to go through a little scenario. Suppose I'm one of your patients here, and you haven't numbed me up yet. <laughs> and you're going to ask me the question, or I asked you the question, how'd, how'd your uh, week go? Or maybe you started asking me the question, what am I doing uh, this week? Well, I might tell you a few things I got planned. Then I might ask you, well, what are you doing, Dr. Silvestro? Well, you know, I'll, I'll generally say, you know, so my family and I will be doing, you know, we're going to the park on Saturday, and, and Sunday morning we'll be going to church. Well, where, to, where do you go to church? Well, right now we're going to a small Baptist church that's uh, pretty close to our office, and they preach the gospel correctly. Well, wait a minute, what do you mean, the gospel correctly? Well, now I have an opportunity to share the gospel with them, don't I? Yes. And so I'll often ask them first, do you go to church when that question gets, gets asked? And a lot of times they say, yeah. I mean, the vast majority of people go to some type of church. And uh, I'll ask them what the gospel is, and then I'll share with them what the gospel is according to the Bible. Most people have a very superficial idea of what the gospel is. They really don't get And they might, end under, they might say, well, Jesus Christ, God, came down to this planet, suffered and died on a cross, and was raised from the dead. I like a follow-on question there. Why did he have to come? To get the full gospel, why did he have to come? That's right. And that will allow me to be able to bring in creation into yes. this. And that's where, for me, it's, it's great to be able to talk about creation and to talk about the lie of evolution. Now, do you have any other words for people out there at the workplace? Any advice for how to do this? Now, remember, now, some people own their own business and some people work for an employer. And they make, could make it a little bit more difficult, but do you advocate everybody sharing the gospel? Absolutely. Good for you. I like that. And, you know, now this is a loaded question, so I have to ask, I have to answer this in two parts. The first part is if you're an employer out there, I encourage you first to be in deep, deep prayer. The thing that I had to do and I had to reconcile is, is to be in prayer about sharing the gospel at my office. And, you know, I did it overnight. And, uh, and, and the Lord gave me those answers. The reality is, is that while I was worried from a human standpoint of losing business and losing patience, when that decision was made and, and we started sharing the gospel and we put everything up on our walls, the floodgates opened in our office. And I'm not saying this is going to happen in every business, but for us, this is what we found is that next thing we know, we're getting phone calls left and right from people and we're finding out they're Christians and it was, it was just an amazing experience for us. And again, I'm not saying this happens in every business. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a day we're going to be persecuted too for doing this exact same thing. And we're told to do this with gentleness and respect. In other words, don't attack somebody else's faith. We can ask them questions about their faith, but don't attack them. 
Our job is to give the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in a very respectful manner, not to beat them over the head or beat them up with the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, so when we go back to the question before about how we share the gospel and then what exactly is the gospel message, most people believe that they're a good person. And so gently and respectfully, I walk them through the law and I walk them through and show the sin nature that we all have. And when I can use myself as an example of a sinful creature and show them that it's okay, it's safe to be able to talk about this and understand this, that's where you get a chance to share the good news. But you do have one advantage here. They can't get up and move around and walk away from you. You've got them. <laughs> and the best part is, is that when I get to share the gospel, we have a very open architecture in our office. So when I'm sharing it in one room, everybody else is hearing it throughout the office. Yeah. It's kind of like being on an airplane. Where are they going to go? That's right. <laughs> you can share. A lot of times we find out they just turn around and look the other way. They don't want to hear any of this stuff. But I want to thank you for being part of our show today. And I have asked this question. How many of you out there have shared the gospel at your office recently? And if you haven't, how many of you are willing to study and practice how to do this at your workplace or your office there? I want to thank you very, very much for listening today, and God bless all of you. If these lessons had been a blessing to you, you might consider financially supporting the Ministry of Creation Training Initiative. You can do this by going to our website, creationtraining.org. Again, that's creationtraining.org. Your tax-deductible donation of just $20, $50 or more a month, or a one-time gift of any amount will make you an education partner in building an army of Christian educators who can teach the biblical account of creation and train others to be able to defend their faith and be biblically faithful to God's Word as it states in 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear.